The kerosene lamp hissed and swayed gently in the drafts that were a soft echo of the fierce storm outside. The glow of light strengthened as day became night, and shadows danced in the corners of the room as the light moved, a dark partner to the bright flicker of the flames in the open fireplace. The room was warm enough for the wet clothing draped over the spindle-back chairs to be steaming gently and one end of the table was covered with a collection of items that had come from the pockets of Ellie's flight suit, like a bunch of keys, ruined ballpoint pens, and an equally wet and useless mobile phone. Most importantly, there was a two-way radio that had been securely enclosed in a waterproof pouch. Jake had been disappointed that they couldn't use it to listen and hear updates on the weather, but Ellie was more concerned about whether it was in working order. It didn't seem to be transmitting, Medic one to base. Do you receive? A crackle of static and a beeping noise came from the device, but there was no answering voice. Ellie gave up after a few tries. We may be out of range, or it could be atmospheric conditions. I'll turn it on in the morning, and we might get communication about our rescue. The radio sat on the edge of the table now, a symbol of surviving this ordeal. Except for the moment, it didn't seem to be that much of an ordeal. They were safe and finally warm, and Allie had discovered a store of tinned food in the bottom of a cupboard. Chili baked beans, cheesy spaghetti, iris stew, peas or tomatoes. She held up each can to show Jake. As my guest, you get to choose. What do you fancy? They all sound good. I don't think I've ever been this hungry in my life. Hmm. Allie had almost forgotten what it felt like to really smile. That's not a bad idea. I'll see if I've got a pot that's big enough. The result of mixing the contents of all the chosen cans together was remarkably tasty. Or maybe she was just as hungry as Jake. Whatever the reason, sitting cross-legged in front of the fire, spooning the food from a bowl, Allie decided that it was probably one of the most memorable meals she would ever eat. There's more in the pot if you're still hungry, she told Jake. Maybe we should save it for tomorrow. There's still more cans. My mother must have stocked up big time on their last trip. When was that? Six years ago. I didn't come on that trip because I was in the middle of my helicopter training. Ellie stared into the fire. Who knew it would save my life? How'd you mean? The yacht ran into trouble on the way home. Both my parents drowned. Oh, I'm sorry. Allie could see Jake put his plate down suddenly, as if his appetite had deserted him. She kicked herself mentally. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to remind you of- Her voice trailed into silence. He didn't want to talk about Ben, did he? She didn't need to glance sideways at his bent head- to remind her of that walled-off private area. It was none of her business anyway. But she heard Jake take a deep breath a moment later. And then he shook his head as he got to his feet. He shoved his hair behind his ears. You wouldn't have a rubber band or a piece of string or something, would you? My hair's going to drive me nuts if I don't tie it back. Allie blinked. I can find something. She couldn't help a personal question. Why do you wear it so long if it annoys you? Not my choice. It's temporary. 
You could say it's a, uh, a works thing. Oh, Ellie was bemused. What are you, a male model? Jake's breath came out in a snort. Something like that. Ellie could well believe it. She'd seen that body. The dark, wavy hair that almost...